He said he would be here two hours ago. What yeah. are they doing over there? What is that? They're probably doing business. He's counting money. Probably. Right, let's get this in a restaurant shizzle on the rizzle. Hi Phil. Hey. How are you? Alright. Why are you looking at the door? Oh, there's a ghost. There's a ghost. Yeah, there is. That's my jacket. Cool. His orange head. Zidja. Zidja. Don't judge him. I will. <laughs> and I've got to pick him up at school. <laughs> right, who wants to, uh, who wants to intro? Because I'm not doing it. What episode is it? 27? No, it can't be. 24? Yeah, I think it's 24. 25? No, then, yeah, so I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a little woman. Four. I just go on, uh... Wooden that's the Swedish. Vandenhoff. Uh, 24. Keeping up with the Kardashians. Two. That's, awesome, right? that's such a funny name of episode. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah it, just, it suddenly just came to me. <laughs> <laughs> was it a comeback? It was. It was. It's like Kim. Good morning, afternoon, evening, or whenever you're watching this. This is Vanderhoff and Co. In episode 24. Yes. They could be watching 24. it if it's on YouTube. Well, they could be, but predominantly, we They'll have be listening. I did look the other day on one of our YouTube... If you are receiving uh, this in one of your senses... Yes... Then well we, done to you. Well done you. You know, you've done really well to be here. <laughs> Jimmy Carr's not on the show. I apologise. I did actually look at our YouTube the other day and I actually saw one of them. It was, I think it was Keeping Up With Kardashians with one view. And, I, and then I was, but I was at work and I went, oh, look at this one. It's one of ours. Clicked on it, one view. And my work colleague goes, you've only got one view. And I was like, yeah. And all the thousands of podcast downloads that there have been. So shut up. Yeah. <laughs> the YouTube channel is like, it's just there. It's there. It's there. It's a, it's a, a you know, content of media outlets and Oh, oh wow, wow. Phil. Phil. Phil! The one thing you say is a swear word right out the gate. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, episode twenty-four. We are. Um, you music on your PlayStation as a background. You can do. It's from a game. No, Firewatch. I can hear music. Yeah, it's Firewatch. Yeah. Oh, okay. They're that. making a film of that. What, are they? Yeah, yeah. Flipping heck. Felt it pens. Shut up, Adam. I just I could hear something in the background, and I was. It's, like, it's very nice. It's a le- very nice mellow tone. It's quite nice to wake up to. Melatonin. Um, but yeah, episode twenty-four. And Give we it are to me, talking baby. about the weekend just gone. It's yeah. like we've done two weeks of podcasting. Like two, I know, like, two months, like, two years of podcasting in like every month. It's good, isn't it? It's like we've done twenty-four months worth of podcasting in. Probably like four years. I'm going to say your <laughs> math is probably a little bit flawed, but yeah, I like your math. Yeah, <laughs> two and a half. Yeah. But um, yeah, we're talking about. Uh, oh, we might might be an idea to introduce ourselves. But oh, if you're listening, then uh, you probably already know who we are. We're listening um, to a lucky dip one. I'm going to listen to this podcast today. Who are these guys? Yes. So in this corner, the one who I'm staring at lovingly into your eyes. Introduce yourself, then you fool. I'm staring back. Are you? Lovely. I will just caress you by my sparkly deep blue eyes. I'm going to caress your arm. No, that's it's just big. Ugh, that's, just, <laughs> that's just creepy. I'm Monkey Man Phil. You are that. I'm the spotter. Uh, sorry, Anton Bing. Just watching you two. Uh, <laughs> and I am High Definition. The one getting touched up. The one getting touched up. Which makes a nice change. Welcome one and oh yes, we are talking about EGX 2016. Just happened weekend just gone in Birmingham or if you had uh, I think one of the I think the weekend passes if you had a super pass it was actually spelt Birmingham 
Brimingham. Yeah, there was a spelling mistake on it, and it said Brimingham. Wow. And the actual official EGX Twitter picked up on it and said, see you next year, same same place, Brimingham. And everyone was like, lol. That's like so hilarious. Um, like in Brimingham. So yeah, uh, rather than me wittering on, um, because you will hear my book, we have a couple of interviews. Uh, which were quite cool. We'll talk about them in a sec. But if you guys want to ask me a few questions about it, and then I will um, per per hello oh, that oh. tornado, all that free tornado I, I drank on the <laughs> Thursday has rotted my brain. Yeah, Jesus, Did I was bouncing the off the walls. Um, they were actually uh, asking what flavors people wanted, so oh, I just had ice all the time because that's the nicest one. Ice, ice, baby. The storm one. <laughs> That one we gave away for free last year. That wasn't the one that we gave away because none of Sorry, us liked people. it. We love you, but we don't. We love you so much that we gave you drinks we don't like. <laughs> because you're so nice. I have a question about EGX. Mm-hmm. What does EGX stand for? Yeah. I have no clue. Uh, Eurogamer Expo. Oh, I was going to go Eurogame Extreme. I was told that by a real professional <laughs> game player. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly not. No. Get a reference extra. though. Yeah, isn't it? Extra. Extra. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Super army soldier. <laughs> look at him when he's looking, he's talking. It's like, it's like Zippy. Bad <laughs> 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 my breakfast. Anyway, sorry. EGX means that. Yes. It does. It's not it extreme game. Euro game extreme. Euro game extreme. I think that's what it should be called. Surge. <laughs> um, so, Tornado. yes. Uh, I'll, whilst you guys are, whilst Phil is flicking through what games... Don't look at all of the games because I was there for one day and I barely got to play half of. I'm going to ask you if you played this one here, right here, right here, right at the bottom. Right. Okay. Uh, did you play here, there, be monsters? No. Right, that wasn't good enough. Okay. Cool. It was. They changed the layout to last year. You know where? Let me just try and work out. You had the corner where the weather spoons is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where the entrance was. Yeah, it wasn't there this year. It was up the other end. So the, what? If we'd have been at the hotel like we were last year. There would have only have been like seventy five percent of the walk we'd have needed to have done every day, Aww. so slightly less. But the layout was kind of um, yeah. As we were waiting to go in, uh, I actually bumped into and met Davy Baby twenty seven. Oh, that one, that one, eh? Yeah, previous collaborator on. Uh, that was on the Halloween episode that Phil came at my house and recorded. I did. Um, yeah, met him. Handshake and a hug. We had a bit of a chat. I didn't get much. I kind of felt bad because I went with. Um, some friends and I was like right okay I'm off to do interviews and other things I'll see you when it's time to go home because um, they drove and sorted me out my tickets and stuff and I was just like <laughs> bye thanks for the lift but no chatted to Dave for about 10 minutes that was really cool so hi Dave hi Dave um, pleasure Dave. to have finally actually met you um, and yeah so yeah Dave uh, Dave says hi gave oh, him a couple Dave. of our uh, little badges that we got oh. so hopefully we see him sporting one Those of them badges. in his uh, new videos um, so yeah, just thought I'd just 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 get some videos. Yes. Yeah, write a story in a script for those videos. Some enemies become friends. Some friends become enemies. Beginning, middle, and the end. There was more deeper for the experience. Um, when you walked in, the indies were right there. Yeah, that's nice. They were right at the front. As you walked through, you then had the Sony stand. Which was enormous. Dishonored 2, there was uh, WWE 2K17, that had a big uh, area. 
Then there was... Because um, the was, people who watch wrestling are very, very large. Yes. There was a cinema that was for Mafia 3, uh, where I went and had some popcorn, and then when it finished, I spilt the rest of my popcorn on the floor. A standard procedure. Felt like a, I felt like a cut Yeah. Because oh. I just I stood up and emptied out the remains of my popcorn on the floor <laughs> by mistake, I'm and was like, like, great. Mm. Huh? I feel happy today. Uh, okay. And then as you went through, there was the uh, retro game section with the arcade games as oh, per. Yeah. And the Xboxes and PlayStation 1s there. I d- do you know what? I didn't actually even look. Yeah. I walked past, but I just I didn't get a chance. I did not get a chance. There was uh, lots of VR there. Uh, Sega had a little area. There was an area for Final Fantasy 15 that had Chocobos. I saw those going pictures. around. That was quite cool. Chocobos. Yes. Okay. Or do you say Chocobo or say Chocobo? Chocobo. Chocobo. If you say Chocobo or Chocobo, let us know in the comments for all those watching it on YouTube. All those on, ones on of thank you that, to that Twitter. person. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Can't really do much with that because yeah. it's still spelled the same way, but it's just different pronunciation. They had lots more food stands there that was quite good that was better laid out for food wise they were giving out free tornado again which was handy uh, even though I basically didn't get to sleep until like half past midnight because I, even though I'd been up since four what are you doing? handy yes the over 18 section was tiny oh really? it was minuscule Claire said it- that my over 18 section was <laughs> tiny <laughs> <laughs> I find that hard to believe sir it was hard to believe oh <laughs> um but all they had in Stevens there was dark. they had Gears of War Call of Duty uh, Battlefield and South Park really yeah wow two games yeah oh then well they had Call of Duty Infinite Warfare and Modern Warfare remastered wow and, right okay that will lead me on to South Park The Fractured But Whole <laughs> <laughs> they had okay I will you two little quick competition guess how many systems they had Running South Park. 46. As in units? Or... Yes, as in playable systems. With the, they had the Nodulous Rift, Smell-O-Vision systems as well. That were oh, I saw that picture of you, yeah, yeah, yeah. How many systems did they have with that hooked up? 80. Higher or lower? Higher. Lower. 24. Sorry, I was having a playing a trumpet. I wasn't too sure. What... <laughs> they, sorry, I was having a drink. Lower. 10. Lower. 4. Lower. 1. 2. Phil was right. They had two systems. They had TVs set up back to back, one each. Wow. How many systems do they have in total? Is it like, do they just have those two or do they have other systems as well? You could still nope. play it. They just had two they systems. They had two systems. Ooh. And we went straight there as soon as it opened. One of the systems wasn't working. So I queued there before going to the first interview. Um, we got there literally just after 10. We were stood queuing. I left the queue at 10 to 11 and left my mates. I then went off to do the first of the interviews. I messaged them once that was over at quarter to 12. They were still in the queue. I then went and went to other places and messaged them. Well, you and had they places were, to be. And they were still in the queue. Um, That's mental. So yeah. Um, so yeah, two systems and one of the nodulous rifts wasn't working for the beginning of it oh they managed to get it working later they on. managed to get it working I went at I ran over there at quarter six as it, like everything is just emptying so quarter six I'm just like I'm, I've got to do it 
So I'm over one side. I've just done an interview, ran over the other side of the hall and go to South Park and I'm stood there and they had a sign up. The queue was closed. And I said to the girl, I was like, oh, have you have you closed the queue? Are you like, she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he explained about one of them working and the queue being massive all day and only having two systems. And I said, and she said, but if we've got time, we'll, we've had to guide people through the demos in order to make it a bit quicker. So we're kind of limiting it to five minutes each. But if we get the time, I'll speak to someone and if you can get on at the end. I managed to get on at the end. Wow, nice. And chat to this really nice girl. So I don't know your name. If you happen to be <laughs> listening to this, thank you so much for letting me have the opportunity to play South Park with the Nozulus Rift. Is it Nozulus or Noculus? I think they called it Nozulus. Probably Nozulus. It was. It wasn't minutes. that unpleasant a smell. I, I'm curious about how that works. Like, what's the what? So well, they, like, were, they, oh, they were, and then it releases a gas. I'm guessing. Yeah, there's like a perfume that they'd had made that it oh, just you know any... like stink bombs. Kind of just smelled like that. Ah. Oh. But it was on a unit because obviously all of the systems weren't running PlayStation. They weren't PlayStations. Oh. They were PCs. Right. Basically. Okay. So easy to set up a PC whenever a particular action in game is done. It activates this thing and it pumps this like perfume stinky perfume stuff through to the thing maybe it was running out oh, by the time you got to it maybe is that like actually the first... part of the real game no oh. just for just for the because they had it at Gamescom and they had it at EGX so what did it smell like it was just like a like a stink bomb really kind of not massively unpleasant just not not very nice smell really it was quite bitter and it, uh, for the most of the journey home I had it right at the back of my nostrils and I'm just like and that's every time you jump in the toilet and takes a big poo. And when you fart. just fart in game, yeah, yeah. The poo, if you poo, it uh, sprays the spray for longer because you actually have to hold the buttons down and move the joysticks. Is it the same the way to poo again? No. Oh, it's a different pooing yeah, way. Yeah, you haven't got to constantly tap the buttons. Uh, that's changed and the fight mechanic has I've changed ch- I've as seen well. the fact the fight mechanics have changed. It plays like Grand Kingdom. Yep. Yeah. So it's kind of it's still turn based three, three or four lines yeah there's levels in the area uh, mm. in the battle map and then you can move in closer and launch attacks there's no or time for defence or you move away to do a, like a long distance attack yes. depending yeah. on um, and you basically and if you're the I don't want to say I'm not going to say his name starts with C has a double O and then has an N at the end oh yeah yeah, yeah they had name. cardboard cutouts of it um, but generally it, it was it was quite cool I'm glad I got onto that the, uh, so yeah. ask me another question and we'll get on to uh, what other games did you get to play <laughs> well done Phil that was a good question um, ok well that leads us I'll start with the beginning of the day I'd spent I'd wasted half an hour in the queue for South Park and I had we had a, the first of the interviews lined up and it was right over the other side in the indie section and it's a game called Windlands and it's Windlands. a VR title okay. coming to PlayStation VR. Uh, I think they actually mentioned that it's already out on Oculus Rift and Vive. Oh, okay. And you basically have uh, the Windlands of the game are these floating islands um, and you are uh, having to find these crystals and stuff that are littered around in order to bring the worlds back to life or, or something. Uh, along those lines and you have these grappling hooks and you have to look at the trees and there are different difficulty settings so if you have it on easy you can grapple to anything if you have it on normal you can just grapple to trees (coughs) and you look where you want to grapple and press the trigger buttons it kind of reminded me of Attack on Titan with the grapple mechanic but the physics work amazingly well so you look grapple and it will swing you in that direction it's a grapple 
It's a grapple. And it's the grapple. <laughs> and once you got the hang of it, you could swing from tree to tree. Like just by cut, And it was awesome. However... Or Spider-Man. You can be quite... Yes, that's how they described it to me uh, when I was setting up the interview. And your... It gave me, like, really bad motion sickness. So I, I could have carried on playing, but I, I actually had to stop and just kind of catch my breath a minute. And I said to the guys, I was like, this is my first kind of real PlayStation VR experience. And they're like, wow, that's kind of... A, yeah, it's a bit intense a game for your first... I was like... Yeah. You got a bin? Please tell me you've got a bin. <laughs> yeah. Um... But no, it was... Oh, South Park were handing out sick bags. Oh, that's perfect. Branded sick bags for... Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I wasn't sick, but it did make me feel queasy, and it did kind of did sort of send me a little bit sideways for the rest of the day. I had a headache, and but I was amazed at how comfortable the PlayStation VR is. Oh, it's so nice. You, like, you think the Gear VR is... It's... Oh, my God, it's comfy as anything. Yeah really nice to so yeah we'll lead in right now this is I spoke to John Hibbins of SciTech Games and, hi John and Hello, John. Nick Pittum oh, hi Nick. Nick you can't hear us but... uh, awesome chaps uh, from SciTech Games um, and we'll hand over now to me past me uh, on the show floor at EGX He's passing it to you yes on the floor? yeah so over to you Stefan hi Stefan <laughs> what's the weather like it's raining <laughs> <laughs> What's like there, Ali? Everyone wants like that! Really sideways! <laughs> Thanks, Ali. I am down on the show floor at EGX 2016. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Uh, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourselves, please. Sure. I'm John Hibbins, uh, one of the developers that work on a game called Winlands, uh, which is a uh, virtual reality game for the PlayStation VR. And I am Nick Pittam. I am one of the other developers who also work on the same thing. Fantastic. Well, thank you for joining me uh, today. Um, your stand already looks fantastically busy. I've just had a go on Windlands myself. I'm still kind of recovering a uh, very intense uh, VR experience, especially for somebody who's just... Uh, this is my first, um, first go on the PlayStation VR. So can you tell us a little, about, a little bit about Windlands? Um, all I was told was... It's Spider-Man. You are Spider-Man in VR, but there's a there's a <laughs> little sure bit more to it, like it than you are Spider-Man. But yeah, no, I mean yeah. a lot of people compare it to Spider-Man. Um, you're basically uh, exploring a vast environment with uh, two hooks um, that you aim with your face on the PlayStation, and you swing around the trees. You can only hook onto the trees in normal mode. In easy mode, you can hook onto everything, and you have to go and discover the crystals, bring them back to the hub, and open up more exciting worlds to explore. Uh, and the, there's puzzle elements along the way where you've got to find the route and uh, get to, uh, you know, and it gets quite uh, high. And uh, if you're scared of heights, it's a great experience. But yeah, I mean, most people would say it's a bit like being Spider-Man. But yeah, it's just an incredible, vast open world to go out there and explore. And it's just great fun. It sort of distills down that Spider-Man mechanic of, of shooting out webs, if you like, the, the strings and swinging between stuff. And it's basically purely that, um, almost entirely the whole game. And I think for a lot of people, that's that's a sort of freedom that sometimes VR, because there's a, a tendency to, to be a bit safe about not causing people motion sickness, that kind of thing. It's a real risk. And I think a lot of games, a lot of experiences tend to be a bit safe. And this is kind of the antithesis of that. It's giving people the freedom to move around and, and kind of get go where they want and really like soar through the air and stuff. In actually... 
like it's 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 very very I find it sickness free. I do not get any motion sickness, and I get motion sickness quite easily in VR. Okay. Um, you know, some of the space type titles, I, get, I, I, I feel a bit, you know, of that on. But on Windlands, I can, I can play it now for, for, for swathes of time, an hour or so, and just not, not really be affected by it. I think that's to do with the way you're sort of flying through the air, and, and you're not, the ground's not that close to you a lot of the time. And, and, and even though you're doing quite, quite big movements and swinging really far, it's, it's just a very comfortable way of doing so and it's an, en- it's an enjoyable way of like exploring a space i think uh yeah definitely it was it was really uh really nice the the jumping around and the looking around the the, the wide open area that you start in on this particular demo um and then when you finally get the uh are they grappling hooks is that what they um and when you finally get them and it's just like right you look and it's it's you've got a remember to yourself not to use the controller but it's you're actually physically turning your head to lock on to an area and propel yourself on that and then once i'd got over right okay i'm looking at where i want to go and i need remembering to do that it's then a case of right my cursor's lit i can grab that yeah. my cursor's lit i can grab that and i'm just all over the place it's um very fun, isn't it? It is, yeah. There's quite a depth to it as well. It starts off fairly easy. Oh, I get this, but actually the skill comes when you connect jump to jump to jump to jump and you get uh, you know, get really smooth curves going between them where you're getting distance. And I suppose that's practice at flying through the sky. You, know, you eventually get really good at it. Um, I know some people that don't ever leave the tutorial area because they just <laughs> swing around in circles because that's what they want to do, and that's, that's great. Yeah, the depth to it. I think because the game itself, it's the the puzzle element is in in seeing because you can see practically the entire level from wherever you are in kind of plotting a path and figuring out how to get there. And while swinging, you you start swinging and then you realize there's some bits you can't get to just by swinging. You have to figure out those techniques of of maybe like doing a particular down and swinging, wall jump, jumping off the edge into space and then catching it at the last minute to get the physics of propelling you back up. And uh, if you're really good, you can hook into two at once and use it like a um, catapult. catapult. So it's like you get a lot. Yeah, as the game progresses, you have to learn these tricks anyway to get progress. But you, um, yeah, essentially learn that to go on. That's the fun, really. So we've talked about the uh, what the actual game is uh, is itself. Who who came up with Windlands? Oh, okay. well, the, going uh, back maybe three years, there was a, a guy called Ilya and a guy called Simo uh, at a uh, game jam, uh, and they came up with the original concept. SciTech Games got involved about a year and a half, uh, a year and a half, I don't know, about a year and something ago, uh, and we basically merged the two companies together. Uh, Cytic Games now has that IP and we've been developing out with them. It, it, the concept really got, was a great core concept and a, an amazing um, original game, but it became very quickly realized to make it bigger, we, there was a lot of skill. And we would have, we'd already been doing a skill required to make it and resource, uh, cash and people and, and time really invested in it. So we'd already been doing VR, so we knew quite a bit about that and we got on really well with them, still do today. And uh, yeah, basically that became a marriage of, of uh, you know, perfection, really. And, and now we're actually working on future products and future games together. And it's really exciting stuff to work with them. So, yeah, Simo and uh, Ilya are now part of SciTech, work with us every day. 
and uh, the team's now 14, something like that, working on future stuff. So it's, you know, we're just growing. I think we've been successful enough in the early days of VR that we're now able to invest in the future, which is just brilliant for us. And hopefully people will buy the PlayStation version of Winlands, love it, and, uh, and we can create future products that are exciting or more exciting than Winlands. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic to see such... Because um, you're finding yourself on the indie section... Well, we're definitely in, dude. <laughs> we are, we're self-published. We started with just me and Nick three years ago. Um, yeah, we're definitely indie. We're crawling our way up to be pro-indie, maybe. Um, the fact that we're on HTC Vive, Oculus, and PlayStation probably puts us in that category, and our, our turnovers are a little bit better than the, than the first year, which was minus, uh, because every penny that we put in was a director's loan, or um, we took nothing out. But, yeah, we're... we're, we're actually, you know what? I'm pleased as punch, and I probably... Nick feels the same as that we're able to do more. Yep. You know, we're in round two. We're, yeah, yeah. we're able to do what we love and and, be, and survive, really, round one. And for VR, that was a big un- unassurance for a lot of people. I know there's a lot of people struggling to find their legs in VR, and, and we're lucky to have found them, and I'm just really proud. It's it's a really... Um, you the, the physics of the actual engine itself feels very intuitive... Um, we have to praise Ilya for that. Ilya did the, the physics model around the uh, hooks, and, and they are true physics as well. They have, uh, they obey the laws of um, gravity and uh, propulsions, etc. Can't pretend to be an expert, but they, but they are proper physics uh, hooks. Um, we've fine-tuned them highly for enjoyability. They're not real. Uh, we've modified the physics. Uh, most uh, the the space itself is low gravity. So you can propel yourself higher than you would be able to in normal physics circumstances. And the physics themselves have been modified to be more fun. Um, you know, it's just lots of playtesting and checking and quality uh, control in that have led to a game that's more fun not being real. If it was actually a, a, you know, a real physics simulator with hooks, <laughs> it just wouldn't be that fun. It's it, accurate to the fake physics. <laughs> but it's incredibly accurate to the face, fake physics. But, uh, um, but no, it's, it's all about fun. And, uh, and at the end of the day, we wanted to make a fun game, not a, not a, not a simulation. Now, when I first uh, got into the uh, demo itself, I spent a couple of minutes just actually taking in the, great, the surroundings. That that <laughs> and um, I just I glanced and I saw what I thought was um, initially thinking it was some sort of a sculpture, some sort of a... And then I look and I follow and I'm like, that's an arm. And then I follow and it's a giant... Is it a titan, did you refer to it? A giant... Um, care to explain where the, the whole kind of concept of these these giants um, comes from? Because it, at one point he's... He, it, she uh, is... Uh, stood there and then it kind of looks and looks at me and then I assume it looked at me where its head is um, and it looked away and then it walked off and then I was on a uh, jungle section and there was one sort of lounging in the uh, in the bottom of the map kind of just chilling out so are there multiple ones or is he yeah. the same one what's no there's multiple uh, different ones all, all very very similar looking um, yeah the idea is this is all part of the story as well because as you go you sort of uncover the the story of this world and why this kind of ruined civilization is sort of deserted and these sort of broken buildings and shattered islands and things like that 
and um, how how where, where these titans came from, this old civilization they were part of. And as you explore, that's what you're doing. You're effectively you're you're grabbing these little um, there's these stone tablets lying around which give you little little. Uh, murals you can open up that show some of the story, and as you grab each of the crystals, it gives you a, a snippet of story, and that basically that's your your kind of hook to drag you through and, and give you a little narrative burst to understand the world as you you reach toward the end. Uh, but also, just from a vision standpoint, like titans uh, in VR, like things that are big, um, are really just they're very effective. And I think, yeah. like you were saying, it's like wow, like if you see something like that in a regular game. Like sometimes it can be like, oh wow, look at that, but well, it's we've not done the a lot same. of experimenting with size. Did, yeah. And I think we had learned really early on that, that doing these epic titans, well, not just titans, we did a dragon in Crystal Rift that's just like 40 yeah. foot wide or whatever. And it's like, if done well, there's, it's this wow moment of yeah. feeling very, very small. Yeah. And having this just monstrosity in front of you. And that robot was definitely an outcome of the, certainly the scale of it. Yeah. Was a wow moment of, like you say, coming out into the light and this just, you know, enormous thing in front of you. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it, it, it's a great, it's a great effect. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, and so that was, I, I think that definitely um, felt like a, an important thing to carry through and, and just, you know, ensure, and the levels as well follow that, you know, making sure the levels have a verticality to them and have a scale to them that really... Is, there's something about it. It's just very compelling. Yeah, they're a few kilometres wide, each one of the levels. Yeah. They're, they're, um, and you can see the entire level from any one spot in it. So they're, they're yeah, they're big levels. That was immediately. You're in this um, almost like a tomb kind of a Aztec area. You step out, and it's just it it just opens out in front of you, and you're kind of like, this is pretty cool. And then you look giant right next to you and you're like no that's pretty cool yeah. um I'm glad that's what you thought because that was definitely the aim of the uh, <laughs> yes structure it was, of it was it, completely yeah. yeah the whole thing was designed to give you that wow moment yeah. of okay this is this is new this is not what i've seen before yeah. well it's for my first experience of vr uh or or rather the uh, playstation vr is certainly set the bar very high um just the the sheer scale um, that I've I've actually not really experienced in any kind of previous smaller VR uh, titles that I've 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 actually had the opportunity to um, to play on. So uh, I saw the initial opening level on the demo, and then I was shown to a jungle area. Uh, so that's uh, how many other sections, and what what can we expect to see in in the rest of the uh, yeah, there's, there's effectively the first level that you go through is like a tutorial. Then you can come to a hub, um, and that, that splits off into three very distinct themes worlds. So you've got the jungle world, you, you've got city world, and then you go off into sky world. A city? Yeah, a city. Of, and it's really, I mean, yeah, the first time I saw it properly all, all together uh, in once, it was, it was very much a wow moment. And I think... If you can feel, as a developer, if you can step into something and go, wow, and this... still carry on doing that. Yeah, yeah. They still do it today. You yeah. step into City, the opening bit in City. Yes. You step in there and you go, wow, you know, it's like in VR. And yeah, yeah, if you can do that as a dev yeah. and you've done it every day of your life, you know, it's like... Uh, you find, still find new places. Yeah. Cause we have different people are designing levels and, and uh, Simo, the... Is it, no, sorry, it's not Janny. Uh, Janny, yeah. Janny, he's, he's our, our lead level designer. 
So he's getting on with this stuff, and when you come and see what he's built, and you, you find new parts that you've not seen before, and you're like, oh, I didn't realise this was here, and you get a new view on these towering buildings going up, and yeah, it's, it's, it, that's definitely, you know, that's the sort of thing that drives you on to want to make things you know, better and, yeah, yeah. and bigger, and yeah. So, uh, Windlands itself is out on Steam yes, now? Right, on Steam in VR or non-VR, and it's a great experience in non-VR for those that haven't got headsets yet or, or maybe want to upgrade in the future. Um, yeah, and it's been out for a few months now. So we're talking Oculus and Oculus and Vive, Vive yes. Uh, we were launch title for both Oculus and Vive, so we've been around a little while now. The content is, you know, it's game complete. It's a very big game. Um, I would say the average player, maybe six hours just for the main content. If you were to collect all that, if you were to play that, we've got six challenge maps, which are like speed running maps, uh, which are great fun. There's three of them that are playgrounds where essentially you've got to collect ten orbs and get to the exit. And there's three of them that are straight racers, uh, so there's two per world but for that, and there's online global leaderboards and all that type of thing. They're just great fun, and, and they're great, um, they're designed to teach you things, so you can practice wall jumping in one of them, and you can practice other things in other things. Um, so yeah, maybe 30 hours total if you were to get all, play all the content and collect all the hidden crystals. If you were to try and go for the platinum unlock in... Uh, in Steam, you probably get a good 45 hours out of it to do that. But yeah, it's a, you know, a lot of people replay the content. This easy, normal and hard mode. Hard's hard, you know, it's going to take some time to complete that. Easy mode's really easy, but you can hook anything, so it's a completely different experience. Um, yeah, so there's plenty of content there, and it's a full game. You know, VR suffers a little bit from having demo content or short experiences for the money you pay. But Winlands is very good value for money, really. Also, we, we, we did come out on Vive and Rift a few months ago, but since then we've been adding to the game. Yeah, yeah. We've added challenge maps, we've in, improved things as we've gone. And even just recently, we've, we've completely overhauled the lighting of the game. Baked in all, the, all this brand new lighting, and it just completely overhauls the look of the game. In fact, you know, for a lot of people, the PlayStation might be the first time they see it looking that good. And in fact, like I, well, as soon as I went in there in the PlayStation and looked around, it was it was just this is this looks amazing. And because I think you know, there's this this temptation to maybe think because PlayStation is a less powerful system than a, a PC potentially, and the the Rift and the Vive are, are you know in theory more kind of cutting edge in terms of screens or resolution. But the PlayStation, it looks just as good in no way. Like I can't. Like when I tried it on, I was like, no, this looks just as good to me. I couldn't yeah, it's really. Running, it's running at a rock solid 90. Yeah. It's identical to the Vive and the Oculus version. And, it, you know, it's, a, yeah, it's, I mean, it's great. We're very proud of the conversion. Look, oh, it's yeah. taken us a long time. It's not, I mean, you wouldn't even call it a port. It's just it's another... not even a port. It's just a compiled to a different platform yeah. now. And it runs identical. It's the same game. It's the same game. I think if you were sitting there with a Rift and a gamepad or sitting there with a PlayStation, same experience. Really good. Well, that's that's good to hear from even a couple of the developers who can't tell, who pretty much can't tell the difference between one version of the well, the original. Actually, I think the well, I'm, version might be better. The screen quality is very. Uh, we use very bright colours, so the screen quality on the PlayStation is a really vivid screen. It uses a different technology to the other two and different lenses. So I think it looks brighter in the PlayStation. It might look brighter. I think if you were to put one between the two, you might think, oh, actually, there's a slight difference in sharpness, maybe, on a Rift or something. But again, like, I went into it and looked around, and without directly comparing sitting next to it, it, it looked the same to me, I, I, in terms of quality. I, I was like, nope, looks great. No complaints. Looks, looks yeah, awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, 
so unless you're actually going in looking for differences, you're not going to find anything to... Um, so that's good news for uh, PlayStation uh, 4 and Pro, PlayStation Pro users, whatever yeah. kind of nonsense. We're on the fence with I the Pro. But... Are you on the fence with the Pro? I mean, if you're a professional gamer, get a Pro. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not even a... But is there anything else to talk about? Yeah, it's a, but... It's a PlayStation 4 that's slightly better. That's it. That's all you need to Yeah, do. but it's not kind of... the. It's not true... 4K oh, in terms what? of some specs, and no, unless you've got a 4K, 4K TV, I would and like it to have a 4K Blu-ray, that would make the yeah. decision. You know, I would buy one people. just it, for that. It does seem thing. kind of odd that they haven't, <laughs> like, you've got the Xbox, uh, the S has yeah. got the 4K Blu-ray. That is a very strange. Decision. And then you're just like, well, hang on, Sony own, they make Blu-ray yeah. players. I, it, I, uh, I guess they made a decision. Not, it's still going to be a minority. You know, people watching 4K Blu-ray. To be fair, yeah, I mean, most people are buying it for the game. 4K, 4K streaming arguably is yeah, here, yeah. and yeah, yeah, it's yeah. difficult to justify discs at all anymore. So I can understand keeping yeah. the cost down, and perhaps they'll spend double down on effort for streaming 4K content on the PlayStation. But in terms of PSVR, I mean, I was I was surprised. I, I didn't try it for quite a while, and then when I got to try PSVR. I was actually like really pleasantly surprised at how. No, I mean if you're on the shelf about it, it's just go out, just and you can afford to buy one, just buy one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, there is, there is some. Well, yeah. obviously, yeah, 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 yeah. no, but there is some amazing content. Yeah, Windlands yeah, yeah. aside, I've played some really, really strong, amazing games. On they have got a really interesting lineup of unique titles in PSVR. Yeah. There's some stuff that looks really interesting that is yeah, not very cool. But and I, I, would it's so, I think there's something about it's very indie focused on Oculus and and. Vive, uh, by necessity, not a lot of platforms. And Oculus have done a really good job of um, supporting developers, and that's led to some exclusives. And that's uh, you know these titles look great. I think Sony obviously are, are very much exclusive focus. That's a console constant. Yeah, yeah. That's what they are. And I think that's led to them having the ability to have some really nicely polished, really well like produced experiences and, and games on PSVR in a way that, that's going to be in, very interesting to see how they, they line up because you know again there's so many we've not had a chance to even try but yeah I'm, I've been I've been really impressed with PlayStation VR it's better than I thought it should be and certainly considering the well, hardware yeah, the hardware was made way before this yeah, thing I, I just yeah I'm very impressed very impressed um well, I mean, that's fantastic. We've kind of gone off and started talking about... But anyway, speaking about the uh, PlayStation 4, and the uh, VR release is imminent. We're looking at two, three weeks now, I think, less than a month away. Um, and when are we? When will we be seeing the release of Windlands? Is in that the, in the launch window? We're still totally targeting day one, and we, we think that's possible, and we think that will happen. If not, very, very close to launch. Uh, we we're at the final stages of going through the checks, basically, um, which is a you know it's a combat for an indie developer that's not done it before. You know it's a bit eye-opening. There's a lot of detail in there, but with, we're doing really well and we're very proud of our progress. And we're, we, we will be there during the launch window. So fantastic. So I am a PlayStation new PlayStation VR owner. You got 30 seconds, approximately, between the two of you. I thought, well, I think you've done a pretty good job over the last sort of 20 minutes or so. <laughs> well, I only but, have to say, look, if you want to be Spider-Man in, 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 at all, this is the closest thing you're going to get right now. Um, yeah, then you closer that, than this. So, yeah. Um, so if you have to sell it as like it's the closest thing to Spider-Man, that's probably the biggest draw. 
Um, but no, it's just a it's a cool it's a cool experience. It's a really cool experience, and everybody should play it. Fantastic, excellent, gentlemen. Thank you for joining us today. Um, good luck for the rest of uh, the uh, few days, because uh, well, we are in the uh, early hours of EGX and uh, you've still got basically four days to go um, so good luck with that I imagine you're not going to be quite as uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed come this time Sunday, Sunday afternoon we'll be all right. thank you for joining us uh, and good luck thank you. thanks Stephen. Uh, Windlands on the PlayStation VR actually really enjoyable but motion sickness motion, little, yeah, quite play it few and few, few for a little while or play other games first VR. Yes. Quite sounds it. And get used to it. Um, yeah. So, so, sorry, carry on. No, what were you going to say? Uh, I was going to ask what title Phil played uh, on the VR when he played on the uh, Samsung, sorry, not Samsung VR, but the PlayStation VR. I played Res Infinity. And how was that? Oh, it's flipping gorgeous. That's really you smooth. like the original, don't you? Yeah, yeah. But it's, no, I didn't find any sort of, like, I played on Oculus Rift before and it gets a little bit glitchy at times when you, the vision, it just, frame rate cuts down. But on the PSVR, I don't know if you found it, it's very smooth. Now, I actually played another PlayStation VR title a bit later on. I had another appointment over at the Sony stand, and I played uh, the London Heist yep. Getaway. Uh-huh. Oh okay. my god, that was so awesome. Do you know what it's made from? Who made it? The same guys who made the Getaway. Oh, is it? It's, and it's the same team. Oh, okay. It looked like it could have been. Yeah. Oh my God, the girl that was on the stand that was uh, taking everybody's names and showing them to the uh, display demo areas. She was amazing. <laughs> oh God, she was. Oh, anyway. So when you're playing the the, the getaway heist, yes. Um, was there a bit when you were in the chair and he's the guy's interrogating you? Or were you no, doing that's the heist a, that was another. That's a different one. I, is it? That was that's the inter. That's like an interrogation section. The one I was doing was called the getaway. Right. Okay. And you start in a van, um, and they sit you down, put the thing on, and you've got two move controllers. And she says, "You, uh, the girl who was on the stand, she says, right, you can literally do anything uh, on the unit, but within reason. <laughs> do whatever you want. I was All like, right. oh, okay. Uh, do, I have to, do I have to use these? <laughs> um, and, uh, and she's like, so you change the, you have to load the gun. Uh, like you would load a gun. Yeah. And that's pretty much all you need to know. I was like, okay. And so I put the thing on and I'm in the front seat of this van and there's this Cockney guy driving and you can mess around with the sun visor. You can mess around with the stereo and ch- retune it, turn the stereo up. You can open the door and the guy's like, no, oh, what are you doing? You twat, close the door. Um, you can, there's like cans of fizzy drinks and stuff. You can pick them up and throw them at him. You can throw them out the window and then you get motorbikes and cars come up alongside you and start shooting at you. The driver hands you a machine gun. You load. There's ammo magazines dotted around, like in the glove compartment and a bag next to you on the in the seat. And you are shooting through the windows at these cars all coming up alongside you. And then when it runs out, you press the button to te- pop the clip out of the machine gun, pick up yeah. another clip, load it, carry on firing. Very very cool. It looked really cool when I saw the demo of it a year ago. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Because that's when. Um... Yeah, they were up on the thing and they were talking about it. And um, that was that, the interrogation and a shootout they were showing in the demo last year. And straight away, I was like, this is why I like VR. They, it looked yeah. really fun. What's it called? The it get- was called the London, London Heist. Heist. Yeah, yeah, the London Heist. And it was Getaway. There's some footage actually on YouTube because yeah. you could see what I was seeing. I almost got the chance to play uh, Batman VR. And they were like, oh, who wants to play Batman? And I just, I was like, and I was just too slow. Because I would have, that was top of my list. But 
this was a whole lot of fun. And I'm if I can afford with the new Nintendo console if coming out in March, I kind of I oh, want wow. that rather than the VR. But if somebody wants to buy me a VR or loan me one and I'll do videos and stuff, I'll review whatever it takes to get a free VR. But yeah, I'm sold on it. It was Yeah, awesome. I get mine in November. I'm not getting When did you get yours, Phil? Um, well, apparently there's none until December because they're all pre-ordered. I'll get mine in December then. Yeah, I'll just wait until December. I wanted to wait until after launch just to see what it's like. I didn't mm. want to go on the, the hype train yeah. and then get it and be like, <laughs> oh, I've got two games to play. And then one of those games is done within an hour. I had the opportunity to play Battlezone as well. Um, I've managed to set up, uh, go on that with Rebellion. Um, however, it clashed with uh, an interview that we had. Um, set up so one of my friends went on took my battle zone place and said he thoroughly enjoyed that but he didn't go into very much detail so he said he enjoyed it said it was quite good typically it was uh, they had somebody from Rebellion on the stand who I could have actually spoken to which is Sod's Law but instead I spoke to at that point I spoke to Mark Naborzik from Mechazoo now unfortunately the interview for that, the sound quality is terrible, as what tends to happen when we record too many interviews, um, and it's unusable. Um, but they have agreed to come on the podcast, oh, wow. so we will get that set up. And it's a shame, because that game is a, they called it a 2.5D platformer, and there are robot animals, and you play the levels using the skills of these particular animals to traverse to the other side. And you have to switch animals on the fly in order to keep momentum going. And there's like frogs, bears, armadillos. Worm? A worm. Armadillo, probably. Okay. Um, And it's all kind of neon, metal, but also there's nature in there. It kind of reminded me of Rayman, but much faster paced. Really enjoyed that. I had a smile on my face throughout the whole of the demo. Nice. Uh, And Mark, who I chatted to, was a really nice guy. Um, so hopefully it'll be him who joins us on the podcast talk about that but Mechazoo is launching uh, hopefully end of next month so we'll probably get them uh, to interview uh, just before launch with any luck but yeah Mechazoo thoroughly enjoyable that was nice. that was the end of day it looks interview. really good actually it is and the soundtrack's very good as well I'm not turning that up speaking of which soundtracks segue there we have had a review go review code come through for a game called Clang it is a rhythm platformer okay claimed the code for myself because uh, I wanted to play it. Um, but also we had uh, the opportunity to speak to the guy who made all of the music for oh, it. Oh, wow. Uh, his name is Jordan Aguirre. Uh, he goes by the name of Blind on various websites. And he's from Las Vegas. He's a very cool guy. And, uh, well, the interview is going to come up now. This is me talking to Jordan Aguirre um, about his role in the making of Clang and uh, his music. So over to you, past Stefan. Okay, thanks guys. Uh, it is Stefan, and we are back on the show floor at EGX 2016. Uh, we have a slightly different chat right now. As usually, we're with uh, developers and such. Um, this time, we're uh, yeah doing something a little bit different. Um, so. Greetings, sir. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, if you wouldn't mind telling us who you are and what are you doing here? Yeah, uh, so my name is uh, Jordan Aguirre, but I go by the name Blind. Um, I am here because of Clang, which is the game that is that I worked on that's releasing today. 
Uh, I did all the music and sound effects for it, and um, uh, it took a couple years for that, but the developer, Tinimations, uh spent the past three years making all the art, assets, everything, and the game itself. So, um, so yeah, they wanted to be here, but since the game's releasing today, I, I have to kind of uh, man the station, you know, and uh, make sure everything goes smooth over here. But, yeah, it was, it was kind of a travel. I came from Las Vegas, Nevada. And, uh, but I made it, so. <laughs> yeah. So, Las Vegas, is that, that's where you're based? Is it? Yeah, it's, uh, I was born there, raised there. Um, and, uh, my, my studio is at home. It's a home studio. I make all my music there. Um, but I, I do know quite a bit about the game and how it came to be. Um, and it's interesting because, uh, uh, Tom Ivar, the guy who made the game, uh, actually discovered me through a website called Overclock Remix, and uh, I have a lot of free remixes up on that website, and uh, all video game related stuff, and he basically made a prototype of the game with my remixes, uh, and he showed it to me, and um, I thought it was so cool, he told me he had put it in a contest, uh, and he got nominated for four categories. Uh, somewhere in Norway. I don't remember the event exactly, so you'll have to excuse me, but um, what it was called. But uh, he won three of the four. He didn't. He didn't games get, event. Yeah, it was a games. It was like an indie games event. Uh, probably Game Jam. I would uh, imagine if that's. I believe that might be the Norway. Possibly. I remember we worked on Game Jam together too. Like we did. Okay. A, we did a Game Jam, but um, uh, I don't remember the name of the event because a lot of them are Norwegian. So, but anyway, uh, you don't speak Norwegian then. No, <laughs> unfortunately, I don't. But. Um, so he got best sound, best graphics, uh, best gameplay, but he didn't win like the overall and he got prize money and then he wired me like my portion of it and I had never met the guy. So, you know, he had my attention like really fast and I was like, wow, cool. This is cool. Uh, so I mean, he had, I, I knew right away he had integrity. So doing business with him was like a no brainer. Um, so we talked about, like, he asked me if I could license the music uh, for the game. And I was like, well, it'd, it'd be too costly, so we should just do something from scratch, you know. And uh, this is before we had funding. This is before anything was in stone. But I agreed to work with him. So he applied for funding through the Norwegian government, the Norwegian Film Institute, uh, government-funded situation. And uh, uh, we got some startup money, and we started working on it. And that was two years ago in August, I think, or July, so 2014. And um, uh, and basically, uh, near the last six months, I think, or the last year, uh, he had been uh, talking about getting a publisher because that was a, like a missing puzzle piece. Uh, we got Snow Cannon Games, and they're the ones that have made all these events, us being here, possible, and, um, and they're doing a great job marketing and everything. But so, but let me tell you about the game. Like the game, the first time I saw it, it was like a wireframe, uh, blue and black Tron-esque looking uh, platform game where you're hitting like these turrets, these like arrow things to the beat, right? So he, eventually he like polished it up and got all the graphics going and then made it look really nice. Um, so now it's more like cannons firing at you. And uh, you're basically hitting them hitting all these things to the, the rhythm of the music or the melodies. Um, 
and uh, that grew into what it is now. So the mechanics, there's a lot of different mechanics in the game. You'll jump and duck to the beat. You'll, uh, you'll of course, hit with your tuning forks, your tuning blades uh, to the beat, and then you'll also do uh, boss battles that incorporate everything at once. Um, and then there's a lot of exploration, combat, and uh, you know, platforming that is more traditional. Uh, and of course, in those areas, the music's very ethereal. It's very uh, ambient and uh, trancey, I guess. Um, and that's kind of why he wanted me, because I have that. I, a lot of my music has that sound, and it gives it a very nice feel. It kind of matches the the graphics, and um, uh, we wanted to create something that hadn't been done before, or kind of fill a, 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 a gap in the market. And we hadn't really seen that, and he wanted to see it, so he made a platform game that's very musical, you yeah. know, very rhythm beat based. And uh, my opinion is it, it now, of course, I'm biased, but like it, <laughs> it turned out really great because I have fun playing it, um, and I think I have more fun playing it than he does since he created the gameplay. But um, you know, if you have fun playing a game, it's worth it to me. Of course. You know, otherwise, I think some games feel like work. You know. Um, Especially when you're trying to complete like Guitar Hero. No, no offense to Guitar Hero, of course. I love Guitar Hero, but that's rock music. It's pop music. So we we went for like dance music, you know. And um, and it's not licensed. It's all original, composed. And um, so yeah, uh, really proud of it. Uh, it'll be uh, fifteen dollars on Steam. Uh, twenty dollars with the soundtrack, uh, and it'll be twenty percent off this week for the release. So. That's kind of everything in a nutshell, but it is. Yeah, you, yeah. You've just well, that's it. Thank you. Good, good night. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but um, no, I've I've just had a go on it myself. Uh, although with the with the keyboard, I'm really I'm more of a gamepad kind of a guy. Yeah. Um, but I was I was getting there once when it started bringing in the diagonal attacks. I was starting to get a little overwhelmed. Um, but that's kind of been today for me. Really, completely overwhelming. Um, but the visuals are lovely, and the, but the sound uh, and the audio itself really works um, to bring everything together. Um, I'm a big, when I was uh, looking into information behind the game um, in the lead up to today and, and meeting with yourself, we, um, I was looking into Clang, looking at, uh, into the, the game itself, and then I'm like, well, hang on a minute. I'm sure I, I recognized the name, your name, blind before, yeah. and I'm and I'm looking through, and I found your SoundCloud. Okay. And I'm going through, and I'm going through, and I'm seeing, and you've got your uh, Metroid. Um, is it Metroid remixes, or is it it's Metroid um, style? Oh no, it's, uh, it's tracks. Uh, Super Metroid Remix album. Oh okay. Yeah. Because it was Chozo. Chozo Legacy. Chozo Legacy. Yeah. Um, see, I do know a little bit, um, and. Uh, and I'm scrolling through, scrolling through. I'm like, why do I know this name? Why do I know this name? And it's from the Splatoon uh, remix oh, yeah. that you had on the Splatoon remix compilation sure. from uh, uh, from Overclocked. Or Game Chops. Game Chops, that's the one. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh my God, that's where I know the name from. Yeah. So I was like, that's very cool. And <laughs> then that led me down the uh, rabbit hole Okay. of going through all of your other stuff and the Final Fantasy remixes you've got in there. Uh, you've got some Sonic remixes in there. Yeah. Um, and some of this stuff's just 
fantastic. I mean, oh, I love me some game remixes. I, soundtracks, game remixes, uh, love it all. Sure. Um, so what I'm trying to get to is how did you get started in doing all of this oh. kind of a thing? Have you always been a fan of game music and you've always produced and it kind of worked together? Yeah, actually, um, I mean, I, my parents, they noticed when I was young, I, I used to like figure out melodies and tunes on the piano so they got me piano lessons you know and uh i didn't like piano uh i thought it was cool but it was just i felt so trapped in it like limited um and i got a computer when i was younger like 12 years old i got my first computer so when i was 14 which was in 98 that's how long i've been doing this i got a free drum sampler called hammerhead rhythm station and I just remade drum beats I heard by Chemical Brothers and Prodigy and all that. And um, learned how to see. You don't have to reference English artists. Just no, because. I'm serious. Like, that's who I listen to. Nice. Yeah, that's who got me into electronic music. And, uh, well, my roots are here. Like, my mom's side of the family, they're all England. Oh, okay. And um, uh, Stratford was their last name. So, um, but yeah, uh, it's like in my blood. I've always felt like it's in my blood, the electronic music and so I remade those those beats, and then I got introduced to emulators, like playing games on the computer that are old, and like people have written programs to emulate the systems and all that. And I was so intrigued by that, you know. So I started playing like regular Nintendo games in DOS, <laughs> and then the Windows 95 version came out, and uh, it had like export to wave feature. So I exported the music I was hearing in Bomberman, and I added my drum beat to it using like a program called Acid Pro. Okay. Uh, 1.0. Like, it's the very first version. <laughs> this is, like, right when the music software scene started. It's, like, 97, 98. And um, maybe a little before that. It was really in its early stages. Um, and ever since then, I've followed everything in the music world up to now. And I've learned how to engineer. Like, that was the first thing I did. The first six years, it was learning how to make things sound good. Um, and then... Uh, over time, a few people said, have you ever tried writing music? And I said, yeah, well, no. Actually, I should try that. So I started writing under another name, which is my first and middle name, Jordan Steven. And I did a soundtrack to a Japanese RPG uh, called Dragon's Odyssey. And it's like 38 songs. None of it's electronic. It's all traditionally composed. And um, it, it didn't make me any money because it never really got released. So, but it's something under my belt. You know, I got experience. <coughs> Excuse me. And... Um, so that led to a few connections, and then, and then uh, Tom Avar hit me up because he, he found me through Overclock Remix. Hits me up on Facebook and, and says what he says, like, I'm making this game, Can you know, I use your music. Can I use your music? Do you want to work with me? And he, was really, he told me he was really nervous about that. <laughs> but um, I told him yes immediately, and then um, I felt like everything I had done up to that point was all for this game, really. Um, so yeah, I started off, it's always been video games. It's like always been video game music, it's always been electronic music. And then I found Overclock Remix after I started making those beats and I, I started making like more, I, I don't know, official like remixes, not just adding a drum loop. Um, and uh, it was all free music, I didn't really get anything out of it except some fans and social media wasn't a big thing back then. So it's like, um, but in the end, it made a connection. And Tom came to me and wanted to work with me because of it. So um, I, feel, I like to think it's like good karma, maybe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, 
when you pursue your interests, I guess my point is when you pursue your interests and you, your passions um, and put it in an outlet, even if it's a free outlet, um, where people can hear it and it's being exposed or see it or whatever, eventually somebody's going to be like, remember it, or it's going to touch somebody, or and they might be an artist too, and they might, they might connect with you. Because people ask me all the time, like, how can I get into this? Like, how can I do what you do? And I'm like, just do it. Just make it and don't think about a game, don't think about a label, don't think about anything. Just make music and put it up online and uh, find a place to put it, you know? And uh, once I started doing that, like opportunities started coming. Like they say you create your own luck, you know? Um, and uh, I just kind of had a natural knack for it, making things sound good. I mean, of course, there's, in my opinion, there's like plenty of people out there that write way better music than me. But some of them don't necessarily sound better than me. Because uh, it's like the polish and the engineering part of it, you know. Yeah. So uh, it's good to collaborate with people that fill in the gaps for it, you know. Um, but that's kind of what caught Tom's ear was the quality uh, that I try to push out, um, and and now we have this really cool product, this game that is kind of like my um, I wouldn't say magnum opus, but it's like it's kind of like. A representation of who I am as an artist like it's probably the best way to display that because it's like all the stuff I used to do when I was younger and it incorporates all my influences you know but um, but yeah it's been quite a journey I've been doing it for like 17 years now and um, I guess I'm a late bloomer <laughs> so that's a um, now you say uh, chemical brothers prodigy some of your uh Back, uh, some of your inspirations back in the day. Yeah. There's a lot of varied kind of um, genres that you'll hear uh, within the music, within Clang, and with what you do as well. Are those? Um, do you have any inspirations apart from Chemical Brothers, Prodigy that sure. you that you kind of stem from? Yeah, actually, uh, Chemical Brothers and Prodigy wouldn't really be the influences for Clang. No, um, Trans Control was one of the biggest artists on mp3.com back in the day and I was young so I didn't have a credit card so I couldn't buy a lot of things unless I had cash and uh, mp3.com was free like you could stream music mp3s were a new thing um, and a lot of uh, foreign artists were making trance and making house and all these things I had never really heard before uh, so they were a major influence on my style um, so trance control and like you'll notice uh, if you ever listen to Trans Control's music, they have a lot of, uh, there's a synth called the 303. And it's like... Everybody needs a 303. Exactly. Fatboy Slim, right? It's uh, squelchy. It's got like a very uh, acid sound, I guess. Um, you'll hear that in Clank. There's like three or four songs in the game that use the 303. And it's mainly because Trans Control it has influenced me so much that it's, now it's part of my signature. You know? uh, um, and then Ferry Corson was also a big, big name for me. Uh, and his label Flashover, all the artists on Flashover, um, and uh, he's played some of my music before too. So uh, on his radio show, and uh, he was a major part of uh, the sculpting, sculpting my influence, like my tastes yeah. in uh, trance and dance music. So those are much more uh, grassroots for playing than uh, like the big beat movement, you know, the break beats. But I am starting to get back into that too. You know, I'm, I like to dabble with all kinds of genres. And, uh, there's, there's like, 
a dubstep song in the game. It's a boss track. Uh, there's like a glitch hop song. Uh, there's a um, one of the boss battles has like a, a rock breakdown, like guitars and drums and bass kind of thing. Um, and uh, there's ambient tracks. There's uh, um, there's a synth wave song. It's very 80s sounding. Uh, so there's a lot of different like uh, styles I played with. So to keep it fresh, you know, yeah, yeah. to not use the same tone every time. And uh, like the, I, I guess I'm most proud of the the title screen song because the main melody, like the main theme, um, I feel is one of my best. And I really can't take credit for it because it's like uh, the music comes to me sometimes in, in when I'm sleeping, like in dreams. And uh, you know, for me, it's like faith in God or something. Like I, I don't know, an angel's whispered in my ear that night because I, I didn't, I wasn't sitting at the keyboard when it came to me, and uh, and it sounds that way. It's very majestic, and so I feel uh, like as an artist over the years, I feel more of a conduit of or a receiver of ideas and I just it's my responsibility to bring that out you know and, and make it um, so yeah Clang is uh, it's close to my heart um, the music is great and uh, another thing is I I'm releasing the soundtrack of course on Steam um, but it's also coming out through the label Game Chops on iTunes and Spotify and uh, a few YouTube promotions and stuff like that. So I'm proud to be involved with Game Chops because they're like the next big movement. Tiny Waves is also one uh, a label that does it. They're a big movement in the video game remix scene, and they're they're very modern. So it's very EDM dance music and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it'll be the first video game soundtrack on the label, and uh, so we're excited about that. It's it's really cool, and it's actually available now on iTunes and Spotify and everything. So if you search for it, it should show up in the next couple of days when you search. There's a sampler on your SoundCloud. Yeah, yeah, you can download the, the music sampler on my Bandcamp for free or through Snow Cannon's website. Uh, if you sign up on the newsletter, um, you'll get uh, basically all the music that's in the demo, the playable demo, uh, is free. So like you know whatever you heard when you first played it before it came out, you can get right away. Um, and uh, and then I'm probably going to release a CD selection because it's more than a CD, um, and I, I can cut out some of the tracks that are doubles and like alternate versions and stuff and make it fit on a CD. So I might do that if there's a demand for it, you know. Um, but yeah, it's 34 tracks. It's an hour and 44 minutes, and uh, lots of variety. So I mean, people, what I try to do is make it stand on its own without the game too you know like of course the game makes the music it enhances the experience a lot like and vice versa so um but it's also you can you know put it on your ipod and like jam to it in your car while you're driving i think because that's just the nature of it or work out you know or whatever so yeah it's it's cool man i think i think uh uh i am really proud of this hour and 44 minutes of music. <laughs> I'm just really glad it turned out the way it did. And uh, I'm also just, like, personally today, I'm just glad I made it here. Because this is the first time I've ever traveled internationally. Okay. And I'm, I'm a little jet-lagged right now, but it's, like, it's all good. Because, like, the game's coming <laughs> out, and I'm talking to good people. And 
and uh, I'm just really stoked about everything. So, so I'm guessing you uh, flew in, got in yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I, I landed in London and I had to take all the trains over to Birmingham. So that was in Birmingham. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah. a, yes, well, uh, London, Birmingham, you're just like... <laughs> yeah, I got, yeah, I got quite the American accent here, right? <laughs> um, it's refreshing. Is it? We, um, you'll come, I mean, EGX is probably one of our favorite places when, because we'll, we, I mean, we do interviews on our podcast quite a lot. Yeah. A um, lot of developers and stuff tend to be English. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the most we've had is maybe Scottish. Okay. Um, and... Um, but we come to EGX and we had um, someone who was Swedish. Some, I think actually somebody who was Norwegian last year. Yeah. Um, and it's just nice to, to talk to other people from a little bit further afield. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I was just I was talking about this with uh, somebody yesterday, and uh, there's accents in America too, right? There's like Southern and there's the Eastern accents and all that. And then they were telling me, well, in England, it's like, it's like there's accents in every city, actually. Yeah, they're regional. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. And I, I can't really decipher. I can't really like, uh, what's the word? Uh, pinpoint. The, pinpoint exactly yeah, yeah. which ones are which, but um, it's interesting. I, I, it's, it's refreshing to me, too, because <laughs> it's, uh, I'm, I'm, I like dry humor and I like a lot of British movies and stuff, and it's my bloodline, actually, so... Um, it just kind of resonates with me. <laughs> so when people are just blunt, I love it. You know, like they're just like one guy today played the game and uh, the game's great, man, but the, the music sucks. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> I'm like, well, is it because you don't like the genre? And he's like, he's like, yeah, basically. I'm like, oh, okay, well. Uh, he's like, so are you part of the game? I'm like, yeah, I did the music. <laughs> and he goes, oh, I feel like a, a real jerk now. <laughs> I'm like, no, don't even sweat it, man. I, I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> I was like, would you prefer it if we had, like, a metal expansion, like, metal music? He goes, hell yeah. I'm like, well, I mean, who knows? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, us, uh, ourselves that know as Arcade UK, we're, um, <clears throat> very kind of rock. Yeah, yeah. Um, but chatting to you and your prodigy, Chemical Brothers, yeah. Ferry Corsten, um, or I, I mean, I, myself used to be a DJ. Okay. Um, going back a few years now. Yeah. And, um. Uh, I've had the pleasure of being able to see Ferry Corsten a couple of times and as soon as you said that I was just like that's amazing yeah um, and just uh, Paul Van Dyke oh yeah back in the day oh, I love all them man um, and it's it just makes a change because we're always referencing bands and metal and yeah. um, things like that and um, and I don't get to chat to the rest of the guys about dubstep trance things yeah. like that because they're just turn their noses up at it and it's 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 interesting. Uh, I actually have been playing with uh, some other genres. Um, there's so many genres now, but um, as long as, like in my opinion, as long as it has it's rhythmic and that you can dance to it, like if it makes you move a little bit, then you're on the right track when you're making the song. Um, and a lot of people they're not into that. They don't dance. Like they they headbang. You know, like yeah, yeah. not everybody's into the same stuff. I get it. And I, I personally love all kinds of genres. I listen to smooth jazz, I listen to metal, I listen to EDM, of course, um, I listen to pop, I listen to Christian contemporary, I listen to, you know, whatever. Like, uh, lots of video game soundtracks, especially, because um, I love that, uh, 
uh, Eastern sound, you know, and it's very melodic, like Koji Kondo, Yasuri Matsuda, uh, a lot of the Japanese composers, of course, uh, Nobuo Yamatsu, and like their melodies oh, just... You are ticking all of the boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, those are my, that's my taste. I, I, I just try to stick, stay true to that, my choices in sound and music. Um, and I actually teach students too. That's part of my job is I have Skype sessions and I teach people how, I, how to produce. And um, one of the things I tell them is always stay true to your tastes. If you find a sound you like, use it. You know, if it's not usable, don't use it. Like if it sounds good, it usually is good. And just trust your instincts. Like music is really about doing more than thinking. You know, um, when I watch a musician or a guitar player or something, they just get on there and start playing. They don't think. You know, it's like, and that's kind of how I have to be now, especially with creative work. Uh, if someone's paying you and you're doing a service for them, but it has to be creative, you can't really think too much. You just got to dive in and start doing it. And it's not, you know, of course there's a little bit of planning, but when you have enough practice on your belt, it becomes second nature, you know. And uh, that's thanks to a lot of the music I've listened to. Like, it's just kind of ingrained in me now. So, um but yeah, I've had great support from my family and friends and, uh, and a few artists in the industry uh, have really helped me out. And like, like Ferry Corson is an example. Like He played a song under a project called I did with my friend called Vega Project. It was like on Ferry Corson's Countdown, episode 5 and episode 9. The song was called The First Day, and he played it, and he was, he was going to sign it, but um, we didn't have a B-side, and it was, he was turning the catalog over, so I, I just couldn't. I didn't get on there, but it was really cool to get reassured by that. Yeah. And of course, Dead Mouse is big. Um, he liked some of my music, and he talked to me directly through one of his streams about one of my tracks. He was asking me how I made it and stuff. It was really cool. Um, so getting acknowledged by like guys I look up to is uh, is really great, and uh, they've all been influences on the soundtrack to playing. And, um, I just hope one of them plays it. You know, like Dead Mouse, I know is on Twitch. And he plays Diablo 3, and I'm sure he has a Steam account. <laughs> so if we get featured, maybe he'll see it. I don't know. If but, he's listening. <laughs> right? Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> um, I think he would dig it. Uh, he'd probably tell me I need to change a few things. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he was a major influence on a lot of the styles, too. But the biggest influence is a new artist called Nato. N-H-A-T-O. I think I'm saying it right. He's a Japanese producer. Um, that kind of fused electro house, trance, and dubstep all into one, and made this like really cool fusion sound. And that's kind of where playing resides. Is all three of those in one? Um, of course, with my own thumbprint on it. But uh, Nato was a big influence, especially on the music in the demo. So, so yeah. Um, Check him out for sure, because there's a song he has called Eureka, and that's what inspired the elevator song, like that elevator yeah, yeah. that you're playing on the uh, first level. Um, and if people that have keen ears will notice the reference, you know. So, so yeah. Um, uh, and I, I guess I would just uh, anyone listening, I would say, if you want to get into this stuff, like I said, just uh, start start doing it. Stay busy, go to these events, make friends, and um, share your work at the proper times, and uh, maybe maybe they'll want to hire you one day, you know. But don't give up, because I've, I guess, quote-unquote, failed 
quite a few times. Uh, not really failed, but nothing came of it. And if you give up, then you're just accepting that, you know. So you just keep going until something happens. And when it happens, don't stop. Keep going, you know. Uh, do it for the right reasons, you know. And and uh, I think success is just the result of that. It's not really the goal, you know. It's kind of the the fruits that come out of it, you know. Um, Sage words there, folks. Words to uh, heed indeed. Um, okay, so um, we have talked. That's you. Oh, man. Um, and I've fortunately not said an awful lot, so uh, even bigger bonus. Um, so, yes, Clang, uh, out today. Um, sir, give us 30 seconds-ish of uh, tell us why people should buy this game, where it is. In a nutshell. All right, Clang, Clang is a euphoric rhythm platforming game that is trying to break the boundaries of traditional rhythm games through combat, gameplay, uh, or combat, platforming, and exploration, the gameplay, uh, to the music. It's a rhythm platforming game. It's like, not really the, f I would say it's the first of its kind, but it, there's still some out there that are similar. So the reason you should get it is because it's, it's unique and it's fun. And the music, I hopefully you'll like it. Uh, I believe it's good. And uh, it's on Steam. Uh, if you search on Google for Clang Steam, you'll see it right away. Of course, Tinimations.com, SnowCannonGames.com, BlindHandicap.com. Those are all the places you want to go. Um, it is $15 for the game, uh, $20 for the bundle with the soundtrack. But the first week, this week, uh, it's 20% off. So uh, more incentive to get it now. <laughs> um, and we are hopefully uh, gonna, going to release on more platforms in the future. So, awesome. Yeah. And what about yourself? Where can people find you on the interwebs? Um, if you go to music.blindhandicap.com, it's a portal to all of my social media, my SoundCloud. It has all my Bandcamp releases and all that stuff. Um, and I will be updating that soon. Uh, and I, want, I'll, I guess I'll use this as an opportunity to announce it. Uh, I'm releasing all the remixes I've done for free. There's about 80 of them. And one big package from the year 2002 to 2016 on Bandcamp, and it'll be free. Uh, and that's coming very soon, like probably in the next two weeks. So that's my next like thing I got to take care of, next job. That's amazing. But if Bandcamp doesn't doesn't have to be free, does it? You can pay a little bit, or are, or are you just going to set it at the? Uh... I'm thinking about it. I don't know. Like the way I feel is. Um, it should just be free. Uh, pay what you want is a, an option for that. But if I set it for free, then people won't have a choice. They'll have to get it for free. So I may do it that way. I'll, I'll think about it. But um, pay what you want would allow them to just donate tips, basically. Um, um, I feel that if they really want to give me money, they could just buy the other sounds, the other music. So, um, so yeah, it'll be free. About 80 tracks. <laughs> well, that is value that you cannot scoff at. Um, absolutely fantastic. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. I, uh, hopefully I didn't take too much time, but I, I hope I uh, kept everybody intrigued in, in the game and they check everything out at the very least. You have that. All right, guys, back to you. Really, that Jordan Aguirre, really nice guy. Hmm. Really great to chat to. And the music, I played Clang uh, the morning after EGX.
and it's a hard game, but the music is very cool. It was it just it was a really enjoyable interview. I wasn't talking as much. He What's was doing all the clang. Uh, he was doing all the talking, and that's that's all. Yeah, that yeah. So um, yeah, check him out. Uh, all the details for his uh, Twitter and everything. Clang is currently twenty percent off on Steam until Thursday. So if I get this episode up in time, uh, you can all make good use of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if I don't, then uh, yeah, it's expired. But still, pick up Clang because it's really enjoyable game we will have an official review uh, coming soon once I've played enough of it in order to put some more together no with a K but uh, yeah so that's our interviews that was all of the interviews I could have got more but I didn't have the time one day was not enough the lineup wasn't as good um, but I could have just spent the day playing indies yeah well I think that's what they know isn't it I think that's it I think they're going towards that because I've mentioned to you before about my passion for the indies and I, I honestly do believe that they are they're getting bigger now than ever before yeah to have them front and centre of the uh, of the show it just goes to show how good they are yeah and some and just the, the indies on show were just top notch this year not that they've not been top notch um, but you had you've got though. Overcooked was there yeah yeah Green Man Gaming who were giving away free codes and stuff <laughs> Were they? Well, to me, they were. Phil, mm. ukulele, it is being is considered an indie, but the queue for it was massive. They had more systems on show than bloody South Park. <laughs> I don't think that's difficult, though. I, if I'd have had the nuts to actually approach someone, um, I'd have. Uh, I was hoping to get an interview with someone from ukulele. Platonic to talk about ukulele but um sadly i didn't have the stones did you go hey guys i actually like helped kickstart this can you (laughs) i could have probably have done so there looked like there were enough people there but i just i you weren't too sure no i got too nervous the the problem was there were people with big cameras and decent setups and i just i felt like proper amateur and i I didn't like to be like did you mind just doing a quick interview and then you get all these other people who are just like, "Oh, we've got a big camera." He's just yeah, like, my daddy paid for my camera yeah. because I'm, I'm actually thirteen. Yeah, I've got a YouTube channel and it's great, guys. We mainly just deal with uh, Minecraft, but yeah. Yeah. we talk about your game. Like because... and subscribe, like and subscribe. Yes, yeah, don't forget that. I don't know why they speak like that because they don't. It's all no. the same voice for YouTubers. Oh, sorry, YouTubers. You do have the same. You do. <laughs> Hi, everybody. My name is whatever. My name is Forty Six, and this is my Minecraft tutorial. Okay, today we're going to talk about how. Minecraft today and it's exactly the same voice every single time but yeah because of that I just I was like "Mm, there's me with my mic plugged into my phone and just like Um, I would have loved to have done but unfortunately I bottled it so but ukulele was awesome it was just like playing Banjo-Kazooie but with new characters and it was yeah there's there's a few new features but basically if you play Banjo-Kazooie you know what, what's going to happen? Yeah. Um, Apart from was, maybe the storyline. Yes. They've got a snake called Trouser. <laughs> oh, why not you amazing? Can't be that. Uh, I'll reel off what else I played and then you guys can ask. Uh, I played Sonic Mania. Any good? Uh, yes, just like classic Sonic. Cool. Outlast 2. Mm-hmm. Is it harder than the first one? It seemed quite hard. Because the first one I've got it and it's like almost impossible. It seemed quite hard, but I... I wasn't. I was just playing it to get my ticket thing stamped so that I could try and claim some free stuff from Sony. Yeah, because the first one's based in a prison, which is horrible. I played bit Tomorrow Children. Tomorrow Children. Yeah. Oh, I really want to get that, but they, you got pay for it at the moment. Yeah, because it it's meant right. to be free. It's meant to be free, but like they're doing founders 
subscription that you oh, have to the the case. Yeah. I didn't play, but I sat in the Mafia 3 cinema that they had. That was I want Mafia 3. That looks awesome. It just... The demo bit that they showed was very cool. As a Mafia fan, as in not just Mafia 2, but Mafia 1 as well, I am really looking forward to it. And I also do know that one of the characters you don't play as, but it's one of the, your, your, your friends in the game, is who you play as in the second one, Vito Scalera. That I'm already curious, like how they're going to carry that on. Because in the first, the second Mafia game, you kill the person you play as in the first Mafia yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. So I thought they were going to carry that on, oh. but they didn't. So unless that's later on, because obviously, end of Mafia Two. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, obviously, you played and completed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you really know that it. is it Joe? Yeah. I still like get sad about Joe, uh, and I go to Claire sometimes. Only about two months ago, I went, ah. Joe? <laughs> and she was like, what? I was like, do you remember Joe at the end of Mafia 2? No, you idiot, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the end of Mafia 2. What's Mafia 2? That game that I played religiously for like 25 hours, because that's how long the game was. I loved it. I love Mafia 2. It's a very good game. Dishonored 2, I actually played. Um, mainly because the other chaps, I'd finished playing something, and then they messaged uh, saying we're in the queue for Dishonored. And I, uh, they queued already queued for half an hour, and I, I managed to jump jump in and queued with them, and I got a free T-shirt. So that's all right then. Mm. <clears throat> um, was, did you get to play as a girl, or did you play as a guy? You could choose. Oh, okay. Uh, and I, I played as the girl. Um, it, yeah, it was all right. Yeah, I don't really. Did um, you play the first one? No. Oh. Oh, I think I played. I had it briefly. Um, I got it the weekend it came out, but because somebody was selling it cheap, and then when I realised I didn't like it, I sold it. Um, but I played the opening bit because you're like framed for murder or something, Corvo or yeah, something yeah. or other. Yeah. And then and you play as the queen or something in this one and princess. Or yeah, something. it's either her or you get to play as the same guy as and you I was in the first one. Fighting against some like mechanical ro- steampunk robot things and yeah, I died frequently. See, I, I didn't take anything out. I finished the game without killing anyone. Did you? Yeah. Took ages. Took ages, but, but you could do it. You could finish that game without killing anyone, which oh, was really I, nice. I was trying to do stealth, and I was like, "The well." <laughs> when I say finish the game without killing anyone, you could poison them, and that's to count as not killing them. Oh, okay. But is that you? I um, your choice. I was messing around. There's this one bit you're going through and trying to find this guy who's being held prisoner. Mm. And you talk to him, and I couldn't find my way out of the room, so I just knifed the guy who was the prisoner, and then it was like game over. You've lost an important Key. colleague or something. And I just laughed. And then I told uh, my mate Jolly, who was sat next to me, that I did that. And he couldn't find his way out of the room either, so he threw a grenade in the corner of the room and blew the guy up. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, right, I've got to go to an interview. So I wandered off, and they were like, oh, you've got your free T-shirt. I was like, oh, thanks very much. Cool. Only played it for two minutes. Cheers, guys. Yeah. Yeah. And I I could have played Destiny, but they gave me my free T-shirt and goodie bag without me having to play it. And then you walked off. Yeah, I did walk Good off. Show. I walked off. And I accidentally left my can of uh, Tornado on their desk. <laughs> and I couldn't be bothered to go back, so I'm I just went to the Tornado stand and got another one. You would really want to. It's much better cold, that stuff. Oh, I got Tornado. So yeah, all in all, my EGX experience was alright. <clears throat> um, I like how everything was a bit more spaced out. Okay. But I can't help but think that it was more spaced out because there was less 
yeah. there. It seemed a little bit lacking, um, but it might just have been the fact that a lot of the games I wasn't personally looking forward to. It sounds like there wasn't, well, by the looks of it, there wasn't tons there to actually choose from. The indies were the best part. But you could have just gone to res for some of those, because yeah. I know they were at res. Uh, Aero, they were there, uh, who we interviewed last year. Didn't get a chance to go and see them and play again. I didn't get a chance to go and speak to the guys behind Black and White Bushido. Oh, um, you get those. We'll try and get them on the <clears throat> podcast. They're really good. I like that game. But generally, it was all right. It wasn't amazing, but it sounds good. It wasn't amazing, but I'm glad I got to play South Park, seeing as it's now been delayed until the new year. Oh, really? Yeah. Fair. So all in all, not a complete waste of money, <laughs> but enjoyable nonetheless. Would you have enjoyed it if you went for two days, three days, say? Yes, because I'd have done more interviews, and I think that's the one thing that I'm enjoying more than actually... Than actually because it makes me feel like we're actually doing something cool that is cool we are important at the end of the day we are look at us sat in these fine leather bound chairs <laughs> surrounded by rich mahogany leather bound books mmm that smell of leather bound books in this room that smell of liquid soap <laughs> and it's chips. not liquid soap what that is it? that that's oh, my citronella oh. keeps the bugs out supposed to is that because you haven't got any uh, lemon sorbet? No. Does keep... lemon sorbet keep the bugs out? It's meant to keep the bugs out. Lemon sorbet brings the bugs in. <laughs> My lemon sorbet brings all the bugs to the yard. Damn right. It's better <laughs> than yours. I could teach you, but I'd have to charge. Uh-huh. Rent. Warm it up. My milkshake brings all the bugs to the yard. Crying bit, I love. So yeah, it would have been cool for all three of us because I did mention you to the other. They were like, "Oh, is it just you and your thing?" I was like, "No, the other guys didn't come this year because we didn't get our press passes." And (laughs) yeah, burst into tears talking to them. Cheers, EGX. Then be sick on the floor. Oh come on, it's not EGX's fault. There's loads of twelve to fifteen year olds out there who have YouTube channels and they are just as media as we are. Are you going to go this year? Yeah, I might do. It's end of March this time. It's fine with me. Go Did you want to go to Res? I'll do whatever I want, mate. I'm All right. Up. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. That's not what your mum said. Really? Yeah. Usually it's me who disses my mum. <laughs> um, I don't think I dissed your mum. No, nah, I didn't need to diss it self. So is there any, the anything else you guys want to know about EGX? Or do you want to go back to playing Fallout 4 and... <sighs> He is playing Fallout 4, isn't he? I'm always playing it, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. Every day. Did you play any other games, or is it just, like, literally, that was it? That is it. That entire list I've reeled off is all that I played when yeah. I was there. Oh, One day. Yeah, that's um, true. I would have liked to have played a couple more bits and pieces, but, yeah, I wouldn't have had the... Time. Wouldn't have had the time. I did go to the Manga Entertainment stand, and I picked myself up a copy of the second uh, rebuild of Evangelion film for a fiver on Blu-ray, so that's not too bad. Uh, and the guy's like, oh, we've got the third one there. I was like, yeah, you guys have already sent me the third one, thanks. Yeah, they sent because they sent me a review copy for the third one. Uh, mm, nice. Happy days. Indeed. Oh, happy days. Oh, happy days. Oh, happy days. Oh, Featherpunk Prime were there as well. Oh, right? yes, of course. Featherpunk Prime were there. Uh, got a review code to at Rezd. We have got a review code for it. We need to get on that. Because that looks yeah. like a barrel of laughs. Big old barrel laughs. Nature's zombie apocalypse was there as well. 
overcooked. I wouldn't yeah. mind it. There was there was loads of stuff that I just didn't get a chance to. Four days would have been sufficient, and we'd have got some awesome interviews out of it. But I mean, at the end of the day, I was lucky to get to go to one. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's our EGX. That's me talking for forty-five minutes about EGX. EGX, everyone. EGX. All, all those eggs. Euro game Game extreme. extreme. I'd say for episode 24, that's a wrap. Are we ramping now? We are. Are Come bust a move where the games are played. It's chill, it's fresh, it's Noah's Arcade, UK. Work. Mic drop. Yeah. Walk out. Boom. I want to finish it off, but I don't really want to finish it off. You finished me off. Meh. On that note, (laughs) I've been High Definition. (laughs) I think I've been Anton Bang. Uh, Monkey Man Film.